0: My name is Luke Darnell, Pitmaster of Old Virginia Smoke Barbecue, and I'm here to tell you about my new online class available at BarbecueChamps.com. This is a 100% tell all competition barbecue class from yours truly, available online. It is a master class with 34 high definition, tell all online competition barbecue videos that can be watched anytime and they do not expire. They are packed full of pro tips, techniques, and recipes that will show you how to take your barbecue to the next level. These 34 barbecue cooking videos total seven hours and will show you everything that you need to take your competition cooking to a level that you never thought was possible. We've already heard from several teams that have bought our classes and have already seen success and gotten their first calls. So this is something that brings me a lot of joy and sharing my knowledge and seeing people be successful with it. So, are you ready to take your competition in backyard cooking to the next level? What are you waiting for? Just go ahead and go to barbecuechamps.com and find Luke Darnell, Old Virginia Smoke. We hope you learn a lot and enjoy these videos and have as much fun cooking these recipes as we had making them. Welcome to another edition of Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, host of your podcast. We've had a couple of weeks off. For the Thanksgiving holiday, plus it's uh, the end of the barbecue season and the beginning of a new barbecue season, but I don't really start it until January. So, um, but we have uh, probably a guest that's had the longest time coming to be on the show. <laughs> we have Bill Hine with Triple H barbecue. How are you?
1: I am doing quite well. How about yourself, sir?
0: I'm good, man. We've talked about doing this for a long time and, uh, I'm sorry that it's taken so long.
1: (laughs) No, that's all right. That's all right. So I'm just glad to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you have pretty much, you've jumped in feet first already here in November.
1: Yeah, we've started out okay.
0: (laughs) So I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. I'm anticipating maybe a pretty hard points run next year.
1: Uh, Not a chance. Not a chance. (laughs) Not a chance. No, I... I did that once and I won't do it again. Well, never say never, but I won't do it like I did. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. It's something people ask me all the time too, because gosh, it was back in 15, 16, 17. We were cooking 35 a year and people were like, would you ever go back and do that again? I was like, I would love to do it one more time, but I would love it. I'd love to be so prepared for it that, you know, work and money and none of that stuff is a problem. And I don't think that I'll ever get to that point where, you know, (laughs) I have enough resources on hand to, okay, I'm going to cook 40 times this year and it's all paid for and ready to go. You know, it's just life.
1: That's the thing. It's expensive and the time consuming is probably the worst part, you know, because if you're, um, the way I see it, if you're good enough to make a points run and, and a serious points run, um, you're probably winning enough to, to offset a lot of the cost. I mean, sure. you'll never break even, but it's not horrible, but it's, um, the time is, cause you know, you know, it is, it's, you start on you know? Yeah. And, uh, so
0: yeah, it's <laughs> the time effort involves the traveling effort involves, the driving, that's my biggest thing right now is the driving. The yeah. older I get, the less I enjoy that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. That's part of it I don't mind, but I, I've been a truck driver forever. So it's one of those things that uh, putting on a few miles doesn't bother me.
0: That's, that's a good trait to have if you're a competitive barbecue cook. So you mentioned you're a truck driver. So how is your career and life experiences? outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master on the competition trail?
1: Um, well, so I'm not a truck driver full time. I'm, I'm actually a farmer, but with that, I also, you know, haul all my own grain and, and I have in the past, uh, done some driving for other guys hauling livestock and and machinery and things, uh, kind of on the side. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, as far as preparing me for competition barbecue, um, I think what I think it has done is, is it's given me, a, um, um, uh, trying to think how to word it, know how to handle things on the fly. Like, you know, things change in the blink of an eye in agriculture. Um, you know, and we got to make snap decisions and, um, you know, during planting season or harvest when weather changes on us and conditions, you know, whatever change. So being able to make those decisions quick you know, and, and change things when things are coming off the smoker or not getting to the color you want or not getting to the tenderness you want, knowing how to make the adjustment to get it there. You know, Mm -hmm. I think just the, the ability to make those decisions quick and have confidence in your decisions is probably what I would say.
0: So what do you farm?
1: Uh, Corn, soybeans.
0: Okay. Soybeans. I spend a lot of time in my professional life on soybeans. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and uh, corn prices. I worked for frozen food, so... <laughs> oh, okay. I got, I got you. Yeah. The whole ethanol boom was a lot of fun in the yeah. D.C. lobbying area. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> that's cool. I think you might be the first farmer we've ever had on the podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's awesome. So that creates a lot of uh, uh, synergies in terms of, you know, your soybean and corn... I'm assuming some of that goes for feed.
1: Oh yeah, feed ethanol. Um, that's primarily where everything goes. So yeah. you're
0: part of the food chain that feeds the proteins that we cook on the weekend.
1: You betcha. You betcha.
0: <laughs> so you kind of bring it full circle. You start from the beginning <laughs> of the feeding to the actual preparing of the food. Yes,
1: sir. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Most of most of our most of our corn. Uh, probably goes to feed. Uh, I would say we ship to river terminals down on, on the Mississippi. Um, <laughs> so you know, a lot of our soybeans and stuff go go overseas, um, but uh, but the corn is pretty much local or, or more locally used. So mm-hmm.
0: that's incredible to go from to to cover that whole scope. It's, but it also has to give you a, a little bit of probably mindfulness about. Cooking food and cooking barbecue—is that accurate?
1: Oh, I don't know. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> you know, I mean, I,
0: I guess I went too deep on this, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that deep about things, you know. So yeah, we raise grain, and I've got good friends that raise cattle and hogs and, and so on. But and uh, then I know how to cook it. But uh, you know, it's it, it is the full circle, I guess, circle of life, as they say. But uh, yeah, you know. Well, you I'm have too deep you deep it.
0: You definitely know how to cook it. Uh, You've had some success over the past few years. Uh, American Royal winning championships every year. That's awesome. Where does having confidence at these kind of events, because you always seem to do really well in the big events. Where does that confidence come from?
1: Um, I think because, you know, when I go to a big event, I don't look at it any different than a small event. You know, we're going there. We get the same judges. We get the, you know, we're cooking the same proteins turn in the same categories, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just, there's just a lot more people and there's a little bit more of a roll the dice to it, you know, probably. Um, but, you know, the the judges in general are no different than they are at the contest next week that only has 25 teams, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't look at it any different. I don't get worked up about it. It's just another contest, you know, and, and I think that helps, you know, when you're not trying to go over the top when that's not what they're looking for.
0: Right. You strike me as someone who doesn't put any pressure on themselves in these bigger events. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. I think I go in most of the time with no expectations. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll admit I get frustrated when we don't do well. You know, if I sit on my hands and don't hear our name at all, I get a little aggravated, you know, (laughs) It, it depends if, if I know I didn't turn in anything that shouldn't have got a call then that's different. But, um, you know, I, I'm a competitor. I'm a pretty hardcore competitor, but uh, but I try to keep it pretty even keel and, and not uh, get too wound up.
0: Yep, and that's a good way to be. Um, and I know a few people that love to get excited and love to get wound up, and I know some people that just can't move on it, you know. But to have that level head, I think, really helps in terms of doing well at contests because as you mentioned earlier, the ability to react to things as they happen.
1: Right. Well, if you, you know, if you get too wound up over something that goes wrong, you, you can't react to fix it. You know, you, you, uh, you panic. It just, to me, it's like driving the best drivers are ones that don't panic even in a bad situation. You know, they try to steer through it. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's the same thing. You just got to navigate through it and, and roll with the punches, so to speak. And, and uh, there's no reason to panic and don't help.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about punches a little bit. We love to talk about everybody's successes, but I love to talk about failures. Do you have a favorite failure of yours at a contest that sets you up for success later?
1: Yeah, actually I do. Um, now this was early on. It may have been, and this was before KCBS for me. This was just doing the little local rib cooks where they give you the ribs in the morning and you cook them and turn them in for the afternoon. (laughs) And, um, it was our first year we'd ever done a contest, but I think it was our second or third. Um, and I didn't, I had no clue what I was doing. I really didn't. We were just having fun. And um, it was really cold, windy. And I had a pellet grill is what I was cooking on. And they were wanting to cook extra ribs. So I build her full, you know, well, the airflow is not the same. And uh, I just burnt the heck out of the bottoms of them. So then in, in my <laughs> infinite wisdom, I thought the best way to fix that was to wrap them up and pour sauce on the bottom of them and put them <laughs> right back where they came from. Well, that was the big mistake um, because that sauce all turned to glue and stuck all the foil to the ribs. So you couldn't even unwrap them hardly. And um, I was, I was ready to throw everything away and I was so frustrated and, you know, just thought I totally ruined them. And um, the guy next to us seeing what was going on, he come over and say, Hey man, what's happening? And told him what was going on. He's like, just don't worry about it. He said, find six bones, turn them in. You know you're having your worst day. If you beat somebody, even on your worst day, you're better than they are. I'm like, all right, well, that makes sense. So, hmm. so we salvaged six ribs, six bones, turn them in. We end up middle of the pack, which to me blew my mind. But at the same time, even though we were really new, on our worst day, we were better than half that field. You know, so that gave me the confidence to move forward and the the mindset to never give up, you know, and no matter how bad it looks and believe me that day, it looked bad <laughs> um, to keep moving forward and, and try to get something in to turn in because you'll never, you can never win if you don't turn something in. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So that's my fail story. Well there's always there's always time.
0: There's always time to fix something. Yep, absolutely. And and uh I truly that whenever I finally realized that, that really changed my cook a lot. And yeah, that's a that's a great story, man. Wow. <laughs> Turned them into glue. <laughs> We've, well, all we did. We've all done I, it. We've all done it.
1: Like I said, it it was maybe our second time ever in a competition and our third time. And, and i I had no clue what I was doing we were just having fun and hanging out <laughs> so there you go
0: what uh let's switch gears a little bit to gear um what's one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've made in competition barbecue uh,
1: probably I'm gonna say my gateway drums um. You know, we, we started out on a, on an offset and had a reverse flow that I'd actually built at home, um, which we've got a welding shop, you know, whatever. So it was nice; it didn't look homemade, you know. But uh, um, so when we switched to drums, it really turned our game around. You know, just because I was able to focus on on each meat individually versus trying to keep a temperature that worked for everything, and and um, so I think that that's probably my best investment.
0: And you're all gateways? We're all gateways, yeah. All gateways, yeah. Um, that's an expensive one.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. But
0: do you have a purchase of $100 or less that has most positively impacted your barbecue life?
1: Uh, I mean, I got a couple really cheap things that have made Perfect. things so much simpler. Um, Dude, those are awesome, man. And, and I think I think this has been mentioned on on your show here before, but the butter cutter. Oh, um, saves yeah. so much time, you know. Um, and you don't take a chance cutting your fingers, you know. Oh, butter,
0: Bill. It is shocking how many people out there are anti butter cutter. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Like, and I'm calling him out by name, Dan from Top Gun is so anti-butter cutter and cuts his butter at home and brings it to the contest already cut. Huh? It's, I don't get it.
1: Well, each their own, you know,
0: it's like being anti-internet.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I don't get it. All right. Butter
0: cutter. What else you got? I love that one.
1: Um, so the, the little tea steepers that we use for finish rubs, you know, they're, I don't know. Key steepers of... Yeah, so they're they're mesh screens that look like a yeah. ball that you open up. You take those and you go in a Ziploc bag and you scoop up your finish rub and you can shake that on nice and even. And, uh, you know, they're a couple bucks on Amazon for a three-pack. And, yeah. And they work slick as can be. You can have three or four sitting there, so when one gets kind of plugged up, you grab the next one. You know? Huh. And, uh <laughs>
0: Do you wash them, and or you just keep a bunch of them
1: on hand? Oh no, I wash them. I throw them in the dishwasher. Yeah, um, that there is a great investment that was cost me less than a hundred dollars because I know the Maytag, take man. Like I got a used one, but I put a dishwasher in my trailer, and that is a fantastic thing.
0: <laughs> You're not allowed to mention that kind of shit on here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that out if you'd like. I guess.
0: No, it's fine. <laughs> I just. I know where this. I know where that's going to come down the road for me. <laughs> yeah, we do need a dishwasher in the trailer. Uh, so, do you have it? That it just do you have it so that it runs on the way home? Or?
1: No, I, I don't. Well, it probably could if I had the generator running on the trailer, but I don't. Uh, I don't generally run it going down the road, but like at a double or even you know after we get done prepping on a Friday night, I'll put everything in there that I would need for the next day that I've already used and right. run it, and then. As we're doing, going through our day, dirty dishes just get thrown in the dishwasher, and maybe not in an order to get them washed, but it's a place to throw dishes. Yeah. And if nothing else, when I get home, where I park the trailer here at the house, um, I can hook the power and water, so I'll hook it up, reorganize the dishwasher, start it, and wow. this has never come out of the trailer, so you never forget something sitting on the drying rack at home, you know, so...
0: And that's the one pitfall of the teams that take stuff home and wash it. You don't ever remember all of it.
1: <laughs> no, there's something gets left, and I, I've done it. I, I've. Uh, that's why I love our dishwasher.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Get to know your Maytag man. People listening, yeah. let's <laughs> yes, see yeah. what I can do. Um, uh, wow, the Maytag man. He has impacted your life in barbecue, but who <laughs> who's impacted your life the most in competition barbecue?
1: Oh there's so many people it's hard to hard to nail it down. Um I'm gonna give Chris Schaefer a shout out. Um, you know, me and Chris have been good friends, I've known him since we really got since we were really getting started. And um, you know, he's helped me a lot in learning and, and going on and I think as we've improved, we've been able to return that favor in a few ways, you know, and help him through, you know, some troubles he's had in different categories along the way. And so, um, but he's, he's probably the one that's been the, the one I call when I'm having trouble, you know, and, and, uh, especially first starting out. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Schaefer's good people, man. You betcha. You. What, uh, when you hear the word successful in terms of competition barbecue, who's the first person that comes to mind?
1: Um, I think the first person that comes to mind is Tim Shear. Um, just because he's been able to do so many things outside of just cooking. I mean, you know, the drums and the, the blues hog and the the marble Ridge now, and you know, he's, he's done a lot of things and been very successful at all of them. And, uh, So that's the first person that comes to mind.
0: Yeah. And that's a good one. I was talking about him with somebody earlier today. They, they asked me the question, if you had somebody to win a category, you could pick one person who would it be? And I was like, Tim.
1: (laughs) And and I think, you know, I'd I'd have to sit down and think about who it would be. But the other thing I think about when I think about success is um, not necessarily winning all that much or, you know, monetizing with restaurants or whatever, but just being that that go-to person and good person in barbecue that that everybody loves. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I'd have to sit down. I've got several that come to mind right off the bat, but to narrow that down to you know somebody that I'd have to pick out, but just that to me is true success. You know, who are, who are a couple of those? Um, well, I think. You know Jordan comes to mind right off the bat, but he's one of my best friends. But he's one of the nicest people you're going to meet. You know, and do anything for you. Um, um, and I had to think about some others. There, are, there are there are many others out there. Yeah,
0: but Jordan's good people. This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. And you don't want to miss out on this discount from the Kansas City Barbecue Store. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster Podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. This podcast is brought to you by barbecuedata.com. Barbecuedata.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to barbecuedata.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters P I T P O D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. What? You already answered that one. Whose counsel? That'd be Schaefer, Um, who now I'm going to call and figure out your recipes from.
1: He <laughs> doesn't have all of them. It just he doesn't it. have all
0: of them. <laughs> what was your biggest turning point in your life as a fit master?
1: Ooh. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that one. Um, biggest turning point?
0: Could it be when you switch the drums?
1: Uh, or... No, I, I don't think so. I'm actually going to say that when when we won the Royal, I think was a turning point for me. Um, because then you know that was actually only our third GC that we'd ever had in in KCBS, um, and our first one was that same year. So um, <clears throat> that that was probably a point when I realized that you know we can be successful against the best and there is you know absolutely and so that changes your confidence level coming into any competition you know so
0: wow your third gc was the royal Mm -hmm. i had to quit
1: (laughs) well actually it motivated me to go out and and push harder because i didn't want to look like a fluke you know because i to me it was kind of a fluke like there's no way that's going to happen you know um but I feel like we also went out and kind of proved ourselves the next year. Oh, absolutely. That, you know? And, and so that motivated me to, to go out and push hard and, and get better, you know, and, and not look like a one hit wonder. So
0: no, and you certainly are. And that's, that's a good story. Um, to know that that's, that that drove you. Um, mm-hmm. and you've done well at the Royal since then. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you've, Big contest cooker, man. I love it. It's uh, it's uh, those contests for me. The royal, um, anything with a lot of teams. That's where I really like to cook. I think it's a lot of fun. Sure. No, I agree. It's a good I good measuring stick to see where you are, and yeah, there's a lot of things. But now we get to the good, the good questions. We're really going to dive deep into the psyche of okay. Triple H here. What habits and rituals or routines do you have for yourself during competitions?
1: Um, So the, the biggest, biggest habit or, or thing that I, that if we don't do it, it shows in our results is we stop, you know, um, some point in the morning and bow our heads and have a prayer, you know, and sometimes it's just me and Andrea, the kids are there, they join us, you know, sometimes, um, the neighbor will come over, whoever's cooking next to us, you know, but we always have our time of prayer. And that's that's important to me. And I can tell you, when we forget to do that, um, that's the contest we don't be do very well. Hmm. And, uh, you know, so that would be my, my number one habit. I mean, there's other habits I have, I guess, you know, but uh, that would be number one.
0: You don't have any like dolls or anything that you gotta have out. Or... No,
1: no, I'm not superstitious anyway. Like that, so, Uh we do have some little. Oh, there's a chicken, two pigs in a in a cow that we set up on the on the uh, counter. You know, every time that they're little trinkets we'd gotten in the grab bags or whatever along the way somewhere. Yeah. So they get set up every time, but there's nothing like that that you know. We got to do.
0: So. <laughs> do you listen to music when you cook?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we listen to music. We, we're everywhere from um, rap music all the way to the country to your know, bluegrass. I mean, and everything in between. So you never know what kind of music is going to come out of our trailer.
0: That's awesome. So, My, uh, Spotify right now is doing a thing where they do yearly wrap-up. Uh-huh. And it gives you all these statistics. And the first thing it said was, you listened to 43 different genres of music this year. I'm like,
1: wow, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't realize there was 43 genres.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. go If you have Spotify, go check that out. It gives you, it, well, huh. and you're like, I listen to that many podcasts. That's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a fun little thing. No, that's cool. Uh, a lot of people... Uh this is about fifty fifty. Uh some people like music, some people don't. And uh I'm one of the people that I'm now starting to want to let other people enjoy my music, which is a bad habit to get into.
1: <laughs> well, ours usually isn't very loud. I mean it which the last year or so we've been doing the one on one classes, so the music's really turned down. You know, yeah. we'll have it going still, but you gotta be able to talk and, and whatever. Um now sometimes when it's just Andrew and I we get it cranked up pretty loud where you know, we're, we're in there dancing and everything else. So, you know, but,
0: uh, that's cool. Do you have, uh, is your competition week the same every week?
1: Pretty close. Um, not always. Sometimes it just depends on my work schedule, you know, but typically I like to get chicken on Monday and and trim it Monday night, you know, get that knocked out and out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, of course, um pork and ribs I usually trim either Tuesday or Wednesday whenever they get thawed out. I'll usually pull them out on either Sunday night or first thing Monday morning and throw them in a cooler and let them start thawing. Um, and then brisket's already done. I, I trim those uh, fresh or get them from 40 already trimmed. So, Oh, cool. Um, so the, the big thing I trim is the, the chicken is what takes the time. And so... And that's and you know then getting making sure the trailer's ready to go on Thursday evening if we're leaving on Friday or get it ready on Wednesday evening if we're going to leave on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know that's kind of my routine. So so what does
0: twenty twenty four look like for you barbecue wise?
1: You yet to be determined. A lot. I mean, (laughs) we'll probably. I'm going to guess we're going to cook somewhere in that fifteen to twenty competitions like we did last year, and um, Mm -hmm. you know really enjoy it. 21, you know, we we were chasing the points and and, uh, cooked 30, 35, 36, whatever it was. And um, it was just, it was too much. It got to where I didn't enjoy going. Like I just didn't even want to go, you know? And uh, so this year we stepped back and, and just went to contests that we enjoyed and things that were places we wanted to go. And, you know, like went to Wisconsin to one that was at a place that had a water park for the kids, you Mm -hmm. know, and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, got back to really enjoying barbecue. You know, I'm ready to go now because I'm just, I really enjoy it again. But <laughs> um, that's why I don't want to chase is because I don't want to get burnt out, you know. And uh, so, so I don't know. Like I said, 15 to 20, somewhere in there probably.
0: That's a great comment. Um, haven't done that amount of contests before too, it becomes like a job. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you do get that tread and you're like, I really don't want to go do this again. And past couple of years for us have been the same kind of range between 14 and 22, I think. And I really like now, whenever it's competition week, I like, get super excited. I, I'm just so excited right. to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's, you know, like we want to go and, and and go go places. And, you know, when we were, Doing thirty five and you know trying to chase points, it was like felt like you had to go because you had to try to defend your where you were or, you know pick up a few points and um, but you just didn't you know I was dreading that drive to Kansas City or Arkansas or wherever we <laughs> were going you know so yeah so.
0: that's there's a good commentary on points chasing everybody for those of you that were thinking about doing it. <laughs> Oh, man, this has been good. Let's get into the uh, rapid-fire questions. Okay. These are my favorites. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you?
1: Um, Probably just the general negativity. You know, people that um, like to complain and and bitch about stuff but don't have any solutions. Um, You know, there's there's a right way and a wrong way to bitch about things being wrong. Or, or things being mean to change, you know, you got to be constructive and, and offer a solution. And there's so many people that just like to cry and whine about it, and, but never have any idea what to change. And half the time don't even really know what's going on, right. you know, so, especially <laughs> in the, some of the recent events.
0: Oh yeah. That's a good point. Do you have a favorite pre during or post competition meal?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, we do Mexican a lot, you know, when it works out. But um, I like I like to have an ice cream bar after, you know. There's usually some kind of ice cream in the trailer, and uh, <laughs> usually once brisket goes in, I like to sit down for a few minutes and, uh, you know, have that ice cream cone or or uh, whatever's what? in the freezer there for the kids. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream? Oh, any
0: any (laughs) (laughs) i uh i got ice cream sandwiches this year the royal and they were they were perfect there you go to to the point that i think that's going to be a thing this year gotcha yeah
1: i'll make sure and stop by
0: absolutely man absolutely (laughs) do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people
1: uh no you know i'm not much of a gift giver um I never have been, so I really, I really don't have anything, you know, as far as uh, you know, any specific thing that I give to a lot of people. I mean, it's usually more geared to whoever I'm giving to.
0: But. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, last one. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions of people, what would it say and why?
1: You know, I've been. I knew you were going to ask me this, and I've been thinking about this all day. <laughs> And I all day? Up, well, I mean, not all day, but I've been I think about, about this day.
0: question constantly,
1: um, <laughs> but I do not have a great answer. Like I want to come up with something motivational and, you know, it would be something along those lines, but I don't have exactly what it would be yet. Okay. okay. So,
0: man, I really wanted to hear this answer. <laughs> now we're just going to have to do a part two. Well, we're have I to mean come back.
1: That's fine. We can do that, you know. And maybe
0: we'll do like a we'll do a crowdsourced Q&A, but we're going to finish with this question.
1: Uh, I thought you'd have a good one. Well, I I tried, man. I my changes
0: good. all the time. Changes all the time. But it's uh I, again, I'm glad you took the time and I'm glad you didn't find an answer because that means that you really did care how you were going to answer.
1: Yeah, if I mean you, I wasn't just going to put the the random, you know, thing in there. So
0: if I didn't know anything else about, you knowing that would be enough to know that you're one of the better dudes out there. And I've always thought that. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks for taking the time. Where can people find you online?
1: Um, so thanks for having me. Um, and as far yeah. as finding me online, um, we got a triple H barbecue page on Facebook. I got my personal page on Facebook. Um, that's really all I do. I've got an Instagram. I don't use it. Um, you know, I think I have a Twitter or used to. I've never, I don't use that either. But, uh, <laughs> no, I just, I I'm don't sure, get into the online stuff too much.
0: I'm sure you've been asked this question a hundred times, but where does the name Triple H come from?
1: So the name Triple H actually comes from uh, when we, our very first competition, my father-in-law cooked with us. And so it was, my wife, my father-in-law, and myself. So it was Hein Hein and Hill is his last name. So it was three H's, and that's where the Triple H came from.
0: I really wanted some convoluted story about how you knew the wrestler Triple H.
1: No. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I did not know the wrestler Triple H existed until I started looking for logos after we'd signed up for a contest (laughs) with that name. And I thought, I need a logo, so I just typed Triple H in online looking for... I, I wanted a like a brand of a, for a cow, kind of like what our logo is now, right? Sure, sure. And um, so I typed in HHH brand or something like that, and all this wrestling stuff come up, and I'm like, what <laughs> in the world is this? You know, and so, but it is what it is, So is.
0: I'm going to come up with some weird backstory about how you guys are, like, distant cousins or something. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Cool. Well, you guys, everybody listening, keep your eyes out there for Triple H and Bill, uh, some of the best people out there in barbecue. And thanks a lot for being on, man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, buddy.
0: Yep. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke podcast is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke podcast is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights reserved. Old Virginia